This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller. I'm a writer, an editor, a runner, and a new mom, and every week on this show, I talk with inspiring people who lead interesting lives on the run and beyond. Running is that thing that brings us all together, but there is so much that happens between the miles out on the run. We're here to talk about the decisions people have made to get where they are today, the easy ones and the scary ones, and how getting sweaty has factored in along the way. So, back when I first started running, I mostly ran by myself. I was too nervous to run with other people. What if I was too slow? What if I was too fast? What if I needed to make too many bathroom stops? What if we were running and talking and I just couldn't keep up and I got too out of breath and then we went up a hill and I just disappeared off into the woods? Fortunately, one fateful day as I entered Central Park for my 6 a.m. training run, there were a group of women that asked if I wanted to join them. I couldn't believe it. One of those women was Kelly Hogan, who you've heard from on this show several times, and another was Megan Harrington, who's the one here today. I got to know Megan like many runners once got to know each other, over Twitter. We both had running blogs, she was the face and voice behind Runner's Kitchen, and the day that she and Kelly invited me to join them in the park was, as I fondly remember it, the day I finally felt like a runner. Megan is one of the kindest, most genuine women I know. Since our days running in Central Park, where she most frequently ran with the Central Park Track Club, that's a local competitive team in New York, Megan has gotten married, moved to upstate New York, moved again, had a baby, run a marathon, had another baby, and most recently ran a big postpartum half marathon PR. Megan is a lovely human, and I'm thrilled to welcome her to this episode of the Alley on the Run show. Megan Harrington, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm excited because I feel like I get to spend the next hour catching up with an old friend. So thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem. I miss hanging out and running with you. I, I know. It's been a while. It's, it really has. I know. I like to say you were one of my very first running friends. So Aww. you're like probably one of the reasons that I stuck with this and I'm still doing it. So we'll we'll get into all that. We'll we'll get into our Twitter friendship and how how we know each other. But first, we need to start with our nice easy warm up here on the Alley on the Run show. So what I need from you is to tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Megan Harrington. I live in Cambridge, New York. It's a small village, upstate. And uh, right now I'm a mom of two little ones. Evelyn is 13 months and Teddy is three. And I also work part time. Uh, I wear feels like a million different hats. Um, I do some freelance writing. I manage social media for a local newspaper. And I most recently started working with the county WIC program. Uh, WIC stands for Women, Infants and Children. And I provide breastfeeding support for them. So I sometimes feel like you and I kind of have similar lives in that like we're freelance, we have young ones, and then I feel like we have similar lives, but yours is like times 15, like Ugh. one more kid, 14 more jobs, just like more. So um, while we're on the subject of ways that we're not similar, you just ran a freaking killer half marathon. So I want to jump right in and talk about it. You just ran a 135, huge post-baby half marathon PR. So 
let's talk about that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was, um, it felt good. It was a nice confidence boost. Uh, I'm running Chicago in, I guess, about three and a half weeks. And I was feeling uh, pretty, you know, unsure about how training was going. But that, that race last weekend was a nice, a nice confidence boost. So I'm excited. And what was the goal? Did you have a time goal on this? Did you know that? What What was your post-baby half PR before this race? Um, so in September of 2017, this same race two years ago, I ran 136-something. I don't remember um, the exact time, but maybe like 136.45. Um, and so I honestly... I have a coach this cycle. It's the first time I've ever really done that. Um, he asked what my goal was for the race. And I said, I really just want to run faster than I ran in, in April. This past April, I ran um, 143 on a, in a half marathon. It was my first half marathon after having my, my daughter. Um, so I said, I wanted to run faster than that. And then if I could get under 140, that would be great. And I really didn't have any goals beyond that. Um, you know, I went into the race planning on running 735, 7.35 pace, at least for the first 10 miles and then seeing where I was at for the last 5k. Um, but I, I felt good. So I, I went a little faster. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. So tell me about the coach. Is this an in-person coach online? Tell me about your, your decision to hire a coach this time. Sure. Um, so I have had coaches in the past. I ran in college and then I was a member of the Central Park Track Club for many years, but I never, you know, had a a personal individual coach um, making the whole training plan for me. And so this time around, I have a running buddy. She's, you know, very fast. Um, You should actually interview her sometimes. I think think she would be a very cool guest. Um, (laughs) But um, she has been training with this man, uh, Matthew Nark, um, he's based in Albany, New York. So about an hour away from where I live. Uh, but she's been training with him for a couple of years and, you know, he goes to all the local races and she was telling me about her training and seemed to be, you know, solid. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a try. I, you know, I know I could get myself to the finish line of a marathon, but I kind of want to try something new, maybe mix it up with some workouts. So yeah, in early June, I started being coached by Matt and he, like I said, he's local-ish, but most of the coaching is done online. So he gives me workouts and, and mileage logs and yeah. So just having a coach when you're, you know, like for this half, when you're at the start, are you thinking like, is there pressure with knowing that someone knows exactly what you're capable of and exactly what the plan is? Or does that motivate you? I like it. Um, So we for this particular race, we had a team tent and everybody met up beforehand and we did our warm up together and it was it almost kind of felt like we were back in college or high school. And yeah, I mean, there definitely was some pressure but I, I liked it. And I, and I think that's one of the, you know, that accountability is one of the reasons why I've really liked having a coach this training cycle. Well, it makes me happy that, you know, well, I'm a little jealous that you have all these running buddies, because like I said, you were my first running buddy, like one of Aww. my very first running buddies. So I want to go back in time a little bit. You know, you mentioned that you ran in college, Central Park. That's how I remember you from when we met is I was like, she runs for Central Tra- Park Track Club. Like she is legit 
no way I can keep up with her. And you slowed down a lot to run with me, which was super nice. So has Megan Harrington always been this super legit runner? Did you like pop out of the womb with little sneakers on? Oh my gosh, definitely not. (laughs) Um, I wasn't really into sports as a kid. Um, And I was a little bit overweight in middle school. Um, So going through junior high, I started thinking about, oh, maybe I should join a sport. And some of my friends were joining the track team. So I decided I'd give that a shot. And I joined intending to become a thrower, actually. I thought, um, you know, there's no way that I could run. um, Wait, like shot put? Like what's a thrower? Oh. Yeah, like shot put, discus. um, What's the one with the long stick? Javelin. Javelin. Wow, Um, I sound so smart. (laughs) I like never considered myself a runner. Um, And so, yeah, but then the first day of track, everyone, the coaches had us try all kinds of different events, um, jumping, throwing, um, running, and it quickly became very obvious that I had no coordination and that I should not be left with a heavy metal um, disc. Um, So I started running... um, short distances. And over the course of high school, I started running longer distances and got a little better. And then um, I went to Wesleyan University in Connecticut and they're a D3 school. So you can pretty much just walk on. Um, But I contacted the coach and I said, hey, I want to try to run cross country and track. And and so I did. Um, And yeah, I got better throughout the years. And um, just haven't really stopped running since. Did you go to college with Lynn manuel Miranda? Uh, he was a few years older than me, but yes, we did go to the same. I think he graduated in 2002. So he graduated a year or two before I started. Yeah, so you just missed the overlap. Yeah. Okay, that would have been yeah. cool. You could have probably been like in, in the Heights in some capacity or like in <laughs> Hamilton if you had kept in touch, you know. If only. All right. So you graduate college. And I think that this is where, you know, for a lot of the college athletes that I've spoken to, this is where it tends to be interesting of now, what role will running play in my life? You know, like, whatever level you're at in college, am I going pro? Am I looking for a local team? Am I dropping this from my life altogether? And maybe I'll become a yoga instructor? What did that transition look like for you? Right. Uh, So I graduated in spring of 2007 and I moved to the city shortly thereafter and I wasn't really running a whole lot uh, right away uh, but I missed it you know in college we had a track or cross-country meet every single weekend almost and I I really missed that team environment and um, you know the physical activity and so probably like spring of 2008 sorry, spring of, yeah, 2008, I started doing some New York Roadrunners races and um, they were just not too expensive and pretty easy to register for and they were fun. So I just kept signing up for more and um, I ran the Brooklyn half in 2008. That was when it started on the Coney Island boardwalk and finished in Prospect Park. And Wait, really? It went the opposite way? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't um, even know that. I think that was maybe the the first year. Um, oh my gosh, it took me like three hours to get there because at that time I lived in Inwood, which is the very, very oh top of God. Manhattan. And I had to get all the way to Coney Island, you know, for like 8 a.m. race or something. 
It was pretty insane. Oh uh, my gosh, the things we do for I running and, and that we pay to do for fun. Amazing. For fun. For fun. <laughs> but I ran a pretty good time that day. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it automatically qualified me for the New York City Marathon. If, if I wanted to get in, I think standards were a little bit easier back then. But yeah, I was like, oh, well, I can get into the marathon if I want. Why not? And so I signed up. I had never run more than a half marathon before. Um, and even then, I had only run like maybe two. And that summer, summer of 2008, I started training. It's also when I started the blog. And I went to my first uh, Central Park Track Club workout. And yeah, that was 11 years ago. <laughs> Wow. So how did you know how to train for a marathon? Was it mostly like, did the coaches with Central Park hook you up with a training plan or were you kind of doing your own thing? Because, you know, back in 2008, 2009, the, this sounds silly, but the internet really wasn't what it was today. Now you can, a simple Google search will give you 800 marathon plans, usually even for free. You can find that really easily. Back then it wasn't quite as accessible. So what was your approach to marathon training? Right. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I, at the time, I remember a friend asking me about my training and I was like, well, you know, I'm not really going to do that many workouts. I'm just going to just make sure I get in a long run. I just want to finish. And um, looking back on that now, I'm like, oh my gosh. I think maybe there was like a Runner's World magazine plan that I followed. I, I honestly don't really remember. I know that I didn't do too many like tempos or, or marathon pace workouts or anything like that. My focus at that time was just make sure you're doing the long runs, do at least 20 mile run. Um, I did a bunch of New York road races throughout his training and um, I didn't really have a huge goal for that race. I really just wanted to finish. It was my first marathon and I was living in New York City at the time and it was the New York City Marathon. I was just so excited. And how did race day go? It was, it was awesome. It was it's still one of my favorite days, you know, right up there with having my kids and getting married. It, it's one of my favorite days ever in my life. Um, it was just so much fun. And crossing that finish line for the first time and realizing that I could call myself a marathoner, it's just it's something I'll never forget. Um, but yeah, it was, I think I ran 338. Um, which was awesome. And at the time it qualified me for Boston. And I remember the, at that, oh my gosh, in those days. So the race was early November. You could still sign up for Boston like then. So I think the next day I signed up for Boston, like less than six months later. Amazing. A little different now. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Now, I mean, the standards are so different and still not everyone gets in and you definitely can't sign up whenever you want. I also had to laugh when you were talking about, um, you know, and I did lots of New York Roadrunner races. They were cheap and easy to sign up for. And now I'm like, uh, Brooklyn half is like a hundred and something dollars and you have to sign up within the first four minutes. But, um, I know, I know. you know, Remember but I used to be able to sign up like the day of, Oh yeah. I mean the first year I ran the New York city half in 2010, which again, totally different course than it is now. And yeah, there was no lottery. There was no, I don't even think there was an expo. I think, well, I don't remember, but like, yeah, definitely what wasn't what it is now. And I actually think that's a really cool testament to how far, you know, I know people love like the good old days of running when it was grittier and whatever. 
And I'm sure there's value in that. I'm newer to the sport, so I can't relate to that as much. But I just think it's cool that more people are running and there's more demand for races and events and that people want to do these things. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Good for, you know, New York Roadrunners and all the other race organizations out there. I think that's it's great. Yeah. Okay. So you casually mentioned that's when you started your blog. Can we talk about the runner's kitchen? That was when I met you and I, I, you know, like the heyday of running blogs and I found you and I'm sure there was some like, I'm sure it was Twitter that eventually brought us together in real life. But yeah, tell me about the runner's kitchen. I miss it. Sure. Oh, well, every once in a while I, I pop in there. I, I'm still paying for the domain name. I'm never <laughs> sure like where it's going. But yeah, the summer of 2008, as I was training for that first marathon, um, I found myself posting a lot of stuff to Facebook like, you know, oh, I just finished a 10 mile run and then I made this smoothie or whatever to <laughs> recover. And I was like, you know, maybe not everyone is really interested in in all this running and cooking talk. So I'll start a blog. Um, And yeah, I just signed up on, gosh, I don't even remember, Blogger uh, or some platform. And the early quality of those posts, it's I actually hid them. You can't really see if you go on my blog now, you can't really see anything prior to 2012. Um, for a variety of reasons, some privacy stuff and just also the early posts were, t- were just <laughs> terrible. Um, but, it, you know, it was a good way to meet people. And and we would comment on each other's blogs and and find people on Twitter, like you said. And um, it's how I met like all of my friends in New York City. So I it was a really good decision. <laughs> I'm glad that I did it. All right. So as someone who has been running for 20 years now, what are some of the biggest ways that you've seen running the running industry runners? What are some of the biggest changes you've seen? Definitely the use of garments and other wearable technology that just, you know, up until maybe 2008, 2009, I only ever used a Timex, uh, you know, stopwatch. And I just sort of after the run, I would go on GMAP pedometer or something like that and, and kind of estimate how far and how fast I ran. Um, but now, you know, everyone has has a GPS watch. And, and I think that's both good and bad. I mean, it's really great for workouts and knowing how how long you're running. But I feel like we can get a little too attached to them. So that's been a big thing. Um, and then just for better or worse, the on the run entertainment. Uh, I love having podcasts and music when I run, but sometimes I I almost can't remember what it was like 10 years ago. I'm I'm sure that I didn't run. I don't even know if I had an iPod in 2008. So I just, I just must've spent a lot of time with my own thoughts. Yeah. See, I can't spend too much time with my thoughts. That's not good for anyone, but I do remember in college, my, um, my roommate and I, and, and you and I are exactly the same age. And so it was like 2006 or 2007. And my roommate and I were like, we're going to run a 5k. We like, didn't even know we didn't have one in mind, but 
her parents told her if she ran a 5k they would buy her a car um oh wow yeah i got no such deal my parents were not interested in that at all um but we would like go out and we would run with our disc men like holding the disc man in one hand and it would just skip the whole time that's what i remember about um that anyway we never ran the 5k we didn't even have one we didn't even like look any up and her parents still bought her a car Wow. Can I get those parents? (laughs) Right? I was not jealous at all. And it was like a cute little sob convertible. Um, Anyway, I've, we, we, and the funny thing is like, neither of us were athletic at the time. We like, you know, went for a couple runs that were probably a mile around campus. And now we've both run multiple marathons. So, you know, it all worked out, but um, no one ever bought me a car. Anyway. All right. So let's go back. So Megan, the Megan that I knew here in New York City, you're this Central Park Track Club runner. You were working in like PR or something, right? Was What was your job here? Wasn't it PR? I had a lot of different jobs. Why do uh, I think that it was PR? I Well, you might be thinking of Kelly Hogan. I know. She I know worked. she did PR. Maybe I'm just grouping everyone together. I So I moved to the city um, to... I was a writer for an internet news startup and that was pretty short lived. That was only like a few, <laughs> a few months. Um, and so then I was laid off and unemployed and I started temping. And so I ended up at a law firm right. and I was doing, I was in operations. So, you know, back office stuff. Um, and then I think that's what I was doing when I met you. Um, and then after that, I worked for Vayner Media. I was a social media consultant manager. And then from there, I went back to another law firm um, and I did real estate stuff for them. So, uh, a lot jack of, very, of all trades. Yeah, a lot of uh, very, you know, career paths. But throughout all of that, I. I was writing. I was doing freelance writing. Um, I did some stuff for for Women's Running Magazine early on um, when Jesse Seabor was still. Yeah. And I had the blog and I I used to write. There was this website called True Slant. I used to write a running column for them. Um, so I was always doing a little bit of writing, you know, even if I was getting a a paycheck and health insurance somewhere else. <laughs> oh God, I love health insurance. Well, I love when my employer pays for health insurance. Yep. TBT. Yep. Okay. So you were doing all those things. Then all of a sudden you were like, bye. And you and this nice boy, Brian, you move to like Saratoga Springs and all of a sudden you're married and then you have a baby and then you're in Spain and you were secretly <laughs> pregnant and there was another baby. So it it's like, feels like a whirlwind. Does it feel like that to you? That sounds very exciting. I'm not sure if I remember <laughs> it being quite so um, interesting, but um, yeah. So we, so Brian and I, we actually met through running, sort of. Um, a friend of mine from the Central Park Track Club was friends with him in college, and you know, introduced us, and and we were dating for a few years, and. Um, kind of knew we wanted to eventually leave the city, be closer to family. And, but I kind of thought it would be like after we had been married for a few years, certainly I was not expecting it to happen in 2014, but a job opportunity opened up and there aren't a ton of those upstate. We live in a very rural area. So he jumped at the chance and 
we moved to Saratoga Springs. Um, it's about that's about 45 minutes away from where we live now. So we lived there for a year, and then we decided to uh, buy a house closer to his family, closer to where he works. And that was in 2015. And then it was like, yeah, like you said, it was kind of boom, boom, boom. We got married in 2014. We bought a house in 2015. We had a kid in 2016. We had another kid in 2018. So in some ways, it just has felt like the last five years have been a blur. Yeah. Are you tired? I would be tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) My kids did not sleep well last night, and I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's the worst. Um, Yeah, yeah, Annie is getting her first tooth, so the past week has been like, she's been waking up a lot, crying, and it's very sad, but also like, I don't mind snuggling with her now at 3 a.m., knowing that it's only going to be like one or two nights, and you know, that little when they fall asleep in your arms, and I'm like, oh, you haven't done this in so long. Yeah, it's nice to feel needed and wanted, even if it is the middle of the night. (laughs) For sure. All right, so we talk a lot on this show about what happens with our running once we get pregnant and then have kids, and I think it's something that's relatable to a lot of people, because it doesn't matter if you're Kara Goucher or Allie on the Run or Megan Harrington, having a kid plays a huge role in your running. So I'm curious, how has running changed for you both during both your pregnancies, after one baby, and now with two kids? What has that evolution looked like? Sure. Um, well, I ran with, I ran during both pregnancies, not not a ton. Uh, I remember being so impressed that you were able to do half marathons when you were pregnant with Annie because. I, I don't think, know if I ever, I think I ran 10 miles like once or twice when I was pregnant with Evelyn, but well, that was early on my, I, <laughs> I did one and felt great at like, I don't know, maybe like 14 weeks. And then I, the second one I did, I was like at 17 or 18 weeks and that kicked off the start of a really long Crohn's flare. So, I mean, don't be too impressed. I, I made many bathroom stops in that second one and I walked a lot. So it was just, you know, a chance to be outside. Yeah, no, I I hear that. I always feel like running during pregnancy is a way for me to feel kind of like myself. You know, there's so many things changing emotionally, physically, and running is just a constant that even if it's slow, even if it's only a couple miles, I love having that part of my routine in my life. Uh, So I, I was able to run with both kids, you know, towards the end, it was just two miles or something. Um, but yeah, then I, after I got cleared by my midwife or doctor, um, I would start running again. I'm trying to think with Teddy, you know, for the first couple months, it was just a couple easy miles and I slowly built up. I think I ran a half marathon with him when I was about six months postpartum and then another half marathon at like nine months postpartum. And then the New York City Marathon at about 16 months postpartum. Um, and then I got pregnant again like a week later. Amazing. So, <laughs> so, um, so the, it just feels like I'm either pregnant or training for a marathon the last like couple years. Um, yeah. And then with Evelyn, same thing. I, I you know, ran throughout the pregnancy, took some time off, and then slowly – got back into things. I, I honestly, she's 13 months old today and I feel like I'm only just getting a glimpse of my old runner self. 
Yeah, well, you're getting that groovy speed back. That's for sure. We just saw that last weekend. Thanks. Yeah, I'm trying. So I'm especially curious after Teddy, um, so after your first, after you had your son, um, when you were running, you know, I'm so impressed that you did these races, that you did the marathon, you know, not too far off from the one year mark. Did you find it challenging to fit training in and how did your training look different than it had in the past? Sure. Um, I, it was definitely a challenge. I mean, the sleep stuff, you know, Evelyn's a pretty good sleeper, but Teddy was not. And doesn't she sleep until like nine in the morning? (laughs) She does sleep till like seven 30, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, but Teddy was up at like three and four 45 and then like six. So, um, he was just never a great sleeper, even, you know, even up until a year, 18 months old. And, and so I just felt like I was always sleep deprived with training and that was tough. And, you know, I just don't have as much time when I was in the city, you know, training with Central Park Track Club. I think there were some training cycles where I maxed out at 80, 70 miles a week. Like there's just no way I could do that now. I just don't have the time. Uh, I can't do doubles. I just, I can't. So with both postpartum marathons, the training has been much lower in volume. And, you know, I really try to prioritize the the long run, you know, I still get the 18, 20 mile long runs in and I try to get a, a midweek workout in, but all those extra miles, um, you know, doubles and long cool downs that, that stuff just, I've had to make cuts somewhere. So for me, it's, it was the Instagram stops. I used to run and I would just, I was just like a lazy runner. And so I would take lots of breaks to like scroll through Instagram and take pretty pictures of the scenery. And now I'm like, nope, I have 30 minutes that's it. Like I'm taking every second of that 30 minutes and running. I'm not on Instagram during that time. Yep. And, and the recovery too. Like I just don't have time. Like I remember after the New York city marathon, Brian, my husband and Teddy met up with me at the finish line. And within like five minutes of meeting up with them, I was back in mom mode. Like Teddy wants to be carried. So like I had just finished marathon, but I was like, all right, I'll put the ergo carrier on. <laughs> Let's go. And you know, you need a, a snack or whatever. And you just, you don't have as much time, like ice baths and like recovery smoothies and putting your legs up on the wall. Like I don't, there's no time for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Aftershocks. For nearly two years now, I have been raving about the great, comfortable, high-tech, user-friendly wireless headphones from our friends at Aftershocks. I thought what I already had from Aftershocks was all I would ever need. The headphones, to me, were perfect. But turns out, even the best can get better. This summer, Aftershocks introduced the all-new, awesomely improved Aeropex model. The Aeropex is the latest and greatest wireless headphone from Aftershocks, which is known for its over-the-ear headphone design. Let's talk about the Aeropex. Well, it has a longer lasting battery life, so screw the six hours. These babies last eight. And Aftershocks found a way to improve on its bone conduction technology so there's less sound leakage. Yeah, that sounds fancy. What it means is that all the sound coming from the headphones is going straight into your ear with the best sound quality on the planet. Less leakage, that's tech speak for no. The people next to you on the subway, in your starting corral, they won't be able to hear you blasting the Greatest Showman soundtrack before the gun goes off. By the way, great pump-up music. 
Now's the time to gear up for your fall races. They're coming and you'll want the Aftershocks Aeropex to be a part of your training team. So go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on Aeropex Endurance Bundles. Those include my new favorite headphones and loads of other running essentials. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off. All right, cool. Back to the show. So do you remember like when you were first running again, how did it feel? Like your those first couple runs after giving birth. Ooh, awkward. Like I just felt like you know your your boobs are full of milk and like your tummy is squishy and like hips are out of alignment and yeah, it definitely felt awkward and and not not good. Um, but you just it's tough. You have to, you have to keep moving forward because I, I know eventually that it'll, it'll feel better and I'll get back into shape. But ooh, those first couple months, they're tough. No need to rush it. Exactly. So when are you doing this running and this marathon training and these long runs? I know you do some stroller running, but can you mm-hmm. break down when in the world are you getting out there and what does that look like? Sure. Well, I wish I could say that I was waking up very early and and knocking these miles out of the park before everyone woke up, but I'm I'm really struggling. Um I want to be a morning runner, but I, I struggle. Um part of that is Evelyn is still nursing. Um she's 13 months and you know, it's only a couple times a day, but the timing is a little difficult. So I can't quite go running in the morning before she nurses. So sometimes I'll wake up early, but I'm faced with the conundrum like, okay, should I pump? Should I wait till she wakes up? And it's just a little bit complicated. So long story short, mornings, I aspire for them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't happen um, very often. The, the weekends, uh, my husband watches the kids and, you know, I can get two solid runs in on Saturday and Sunday. During the week, uh, I usually have about three runs during the week because with this training program, I'm, I'm running only five days a week. So that makes it a little bit more manageable, you know, only three, three weekdays. Um, I would say at least two of those are with the stroller or on the treadmill. So if both kids are home with me, you know, maybe I'll put Evelyn up for a nap and then I'll let Teddy play in the basement while I run on the treadmill or maybe I'll take both of them out in the double jogger Um, so that then leaves one run that's usually my workout day and I'm very very fortunate to have family nearby my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law they're very gracious and they they will watch the kids if I ask them so usually I try to do my speed workout um, not with the double jogging stroller (laughs) heavy so are you pretty good about like the what you can, when you can approach? Like, okay, you were gonna let's say you were gonna plan to do seven miles on the treadmill. Teddy's content, he's playing. You put Evelyn up for her nap, but she only naps for twenty minutes. Are you like, well, guess I'll cut it at two and a half miles or you know, tell me about your approach to that. That's hard. Sure. Yeah, it is hard and it happens a lot. <laughs> Usually what I do if something like that and that situation, I would probably bring her down and put her in a playpen and 
see if she would be content playing. Usually Teddy is pretty good about entertaining her. So, you know, I'll give them snacks, toys. Um, I also will put on the TV sometimes, mom of the year, you know, sometimes you just... Hey, there is nothing wrong with that. (laughs) You just gotta, you know, gotta do whatever it takes. Um, Or maybe say I've done a couple miles on the treadmill and somebody wakes up, maybe I'll put them in the jogging stroller and we'll go for a run. Um, but I'm, I don't get too crazy about it. You know, like I, I just do the best I can. If everyone is cranky and or sick or whatever, it's just, okay, this is, this is what I got done today. And tomorrow, tomorrow is a new day and, and we'll try again. I, I feel like one, one run or two runs or even a handful of runs in the grand scheme of things isn't, isn't really going to make that much of a difference. So I try not to get too, you know, stressed out about it. Smart. All right. I want to talk a little bit about your work. You mentioned that you are a breastfeeding educator. You're obviously, you know, you said you're still nursing Evelyn. I think that's amazing. I mean, I'm very like, you know, everyone do what's best for you, do what's best for your family. I think it's great that this is going well for you. It did not go well for me. So I want to hear more about being a breastfeeding educator. I want to know why you got into that. I want to know what that looks like. Um, It's too late for me. So tell me about what you're doing to help other women and their children. Sure. Um, Well, I just want to say that you're doing a great job. And as long as the baby is fed, you know, that's the most important thing. The mom's health and that the baby is growing and, and fed and happy. That's, that's, you know, at the core of, of what I, you know, believe in. And, and I love, I love breastfeeding and I I try to help moms with it, but I I would never want to make anyone feel like, you know, they're not doing a good job because, because being a mom is hard work, no matter how you feed your baby. (laughs) But yeah, so I, I nursed both of my kids. Um, I had some trouble with, with Teddy, um, you know, the usual tough latch and bleeding nipples and engorgement. And it was, it was really tough. And I, and I found, I found it difficult to find support. Uh, we live in the country and there just wasn't anyone that could come to the house. The, the hospital had lactation consultants, but the hospital was, you know, a 45 minute drive away. And that's really tough when you have a newborn. Um, so I remember watching YouTube videos about like holds and, and Googling stuff at two in the morning. And, (laughs) and it was really, really tough. Um, we actually used a nipple shield for the entire 18, 19 months that I breastfed him. Um, which is very unusual. Um, but it worked and it, you know, so yeah, it was not without its challenges. And then, uh, I weaned him and I had another baby and am nursing her. And throughout this process, there was, um, I'm familiar with the women, infants and children program. It's a federal program that provides supplemental nutrition education about healthy eating and also breastfeeding support to lo- to primarily low income moms. And so I, I was familiar with the organization and they had posted a job opening um, when I was newly pregnant with Evelyn and they were looking for a peer breastfeeding counselor. And I read the job description and I was like, wow, like this sounds like something I'd really like doing. So I started the process. I had to take a civil service exam because it's a, you know, a government job. And 
I went in for an interview when I was like 20 weeks pregnant, but they were waiting for some funding. And so finally, finally, after, oh gosh, about two, two years, maybe a, a year and a half of, of waiting and interviewing and back and forth, a position opened up. So in June of this year, I started, I finally started, um, yeah, I'm a, so I'm a peer breastfeeding counselor. That is my title. And it's part time. I think they would like me to work a little bit more than I currently do. But it's hard, you know, with with childcare, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I am kind of just a, a source of support for these moms. A lot of them, like I said, are, are low income. They don't have money for lactation consultants or, you know, they, they might not know how to get a pump. Um, they might not have support at home. They might not have family who have breastfed or friends who they can talk to. So I'm just, I'm there to be their cheerleader. And, and you know, if however long they want to breastfeed, if it's only for a couple of weeks, if it's for a year, if they just want to exclusively pump, I'm there to support them in their journey. Well, I think that's awesome. And I was going to ask, how is it different than a lactation consultant? It sounds like it's that and more. Well, so most lactation consultants have their IBCLC, that um, that stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. And for that, you have to take a lot of, um, usually you have to have an undergraduate background in, in science, or maybe you're a healthcare professional, like a doctor or a nurse or a midwife, and you have to take like an exam and stuff like that. So um, I am not an IBCLC. I would like to become one someday. Um, so that's something I'm kind of exploring and, and working towards. But right now I'm just sort of like a friend, um, part friend, part like social worker type type thing. I love that. And I think that that's so important, um, you know, for for all women. So I give you a lot of credit for what you're doing. And I'm sure that the women that you're working with are very grateful. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, you know, I, I like it a lot. Um, it's only been a few months, but yeah. All right. So you're, you're pretty seasoned and in the whole like, mother runner realm which is so funny i remember being you know like 24 and new to running and seeing the mother runner hashtag and being like i don't get it like why is that a big deal and now i'm like i think it's really empowering actually and i think it's great and i think it's a wonderful movement and i love connecting with other women who also run so um funny how we how, how things can change over times. Anyway, you, you're very seasoned in what you're doing. You're doing it really well. And so I would love for you to shed some light for other perhaps newly postpartum women who might be listening. Maybe they're, it's three in the morning and they're up nursing or feeding or pumping, um, hoping to get back on the run, whatever stage they're in. Can you talk a little bit about what advice you might have for them about running while breastfeeding or pumping okay. or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that is definitely, it's definitely a challenge. The timing, you know, the timing of things can be difficult. I remember you and I were messaging back, maybe it was like November, December, and you were like, but wait, tell me exactly how. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I sent you so many, (laughs) like, 
panicky messages being like, no, but be really specific. And you would send me these essays. And and I will say you were just so supportive and helpful. And I'm really, really grateful for those messages. And I'm sorry that I was such a total basket case, but I know I'm not alone in being a basket case. So that's who we're talking to. (laughs) It's so hard. I still, I still don't have it down. Like I said, I, the mornings are tough for me. Like, I, I don't know, you know, I, the morning nursing is, is one of my favorite parts of the day. So I don't want to miss it or, you know, so it's the timing of things. Logistics can be very difficult. I, I guess I would just say, you know, especially early on, just give yourself lots of grace. You know, if you can, don't plan any big goals in those, in those first six months, because you're really just getting to know your baby and your body and, you know, your, regulating your supply and, um, you know, your, your ligaments and your bones are, are still recovering from, from childbirth and pregnancy. And, and yeah, so if you can just take it easy those first six months. And then I've always found that after we introduce solid food, you know, somewhere between six and nine months, it gets easier. And now we're over a year. Um, and, I could give her cow's milk. She doesn't, she doesn't really like it. She throws, throws it on the floor. But I thought you were going to say she throws it up. Uh, well, <laughs> no, she doesn't even give herself the chance. She, she has been refusing it. But anyway, you know, by the time they're a year, they can have anything. So, so being available to nurse is not so important. And that, that gives me a little bit more flexibility in terms of long runs and stuff like that. That's why both of the postpartum marathons that I've done have been after a year postpartum because I just find it so physically demanding, you know, that first, that first six months, nine months, I I couldn't, I I just, I know personally I can't train for a marathon um, until after the baby's a little bit older and a little bit more independent. So yeah, it's just, you know, it, figuring it out can, can take some time. I know that I have to be really diligent about making sure I'm drinking enough water and eating enough food, especially on long run days. Um, because I noticed that my supply will drop. Um, and that can be challenging. I mean, it's not such a big deal now because she's older, but you know, if you have a little baby and you do like a double digit run and, it could, it could affect things. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. All right. Well, now she's a little older. So your, your marathon training, which I think is fantastic. Chicago is, you know, I don't want to say it, but it is right around the corner. It's coming right up. So heading into Chicago with this great half you just ran, how are you feeling about Chicago? Is the family going with you? What are the plans, goals, hopes, dreams? Well, like I said, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about things now. There was a there was a couple weeks in August where I was like, what am I doing? Why did I sign up for this marathon? There's just no way that I'm going to be able to do these long runs. And I just, I felt very overwhelmed. Um, and I was kind of freaking out. But, you know, now I've sort of gotten into a groove and and things are, are feeling pretty good. So uh, as far as a time goal, I... I'm going to have to see how the weather is, but I would love to run under 3.30. That would be amazing. I'd be so happy if I could do that. Um, and 
in terms of travel, so the kids are staying at home, Brian is staying at home, and I am flying out with my sister-in-law, who is also running, um, so that's very mm. exciting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we have trip. five kids and one teenage <sighs> exchange student um, between us, and we are leaving them all at home, and... <laughs> Um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna live up Chicago. Oh, that's awesome. I want to come, but okay. Yeah. No, it, no, that's, that day is Annie's first birthday party. So, so I wanted to do a live show in Chicago and then I looked at the dates and I was like, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah. No, she takes priority for sure. Yeah. At least this year, you know? (laughs) Um, okay. So I'm super excited. You've got a lot of good stuff going on. I think that this is time when we sprint to the finish. How do you feel about that? How's your kick? Um, kick? I think it's pretty good. Did you see those race photos of me? I have a pretty nice. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) A pretty nice race kick face. So I am ready. Wait, but you need to post those. I think those were on your Insta stories. You need to post those so they exist permanently because everyone who's listening is going to go look for them. I was wearing aftershocks. I was going to ask you if they, if they ever need a race model, you know. I mean, they're cute. listening. So, uh, Jamie, <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, we've got your model. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. Let's sprint to the finish. Put that gritty race face on. It's go time. Okay. I'm ready. What would your last meal on earth be? Macaroni and cheese, a really good bread with lots of butter, and a giant glass of red wine. Favorite movie? Now and then, and oh, I just yes. rewatched it. It's on it's Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yep. I know. Oh my gosh. So, who do you relate with most? Mm. Well, I guess now we would relate with the adult characters, but growing up, I was very much into teeny. Mm. Yeah, I really wanted boobs just like she did. That's yeah, the, main the pudding. <laughs> uh, probably Roberta. Yeah, I would say Roberta. Really? Okay. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. I can see that. I was going to say Sam for you. Oh, maybe Sam. Yeah, probably not Chrissy. But yeah, Sam or Roberta. Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right. Uh, Favorite TV show? Does Daniel Tiger count? (laughs) 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 I I haven't been able to watch a lot of TV uh, lately, but there is always some PBS children's (laughs) programming on in the background. Amazing. Favorite place you've ever run? Central Park. Good answer. Favorite race? New York City Marathon. Do you have a race mantra? You're okay. Um, (laughs) And I know that sounds kind of funny, but I just kind of repeat it like, you're okay. You know, this is not outside of your comfort zone. You're fine. You've got this. You're okay. It just helps me relax. Like, you're okay. This is no big deal. I like that. That's actually, so I use, you've got this. That's like my go-to, but I actually, you're okay. That kind of just gave me chills a little bit. That's a lot more, like you said, that's a little more like calming. Yeah. It's nice. That's really nice. Feel free to use it. Oh, I will. Um, I won't trademark it. I won't won't claim it as my own. I'll give you credit every time. Uh, What's your biggest pet peeve? Mm, People who don't follow through. Where did you have your first real kiss? Oh, at a school dance in like ninth or 10th grade. It's pretty late. I don't know. I mean, it runs the gamut on this show. You know, we've had some people who it wasn't until college. You never know. Everyone's all over the okay. place. We've had a couple people that was like third grade. I mean, I'm not going to slut shame, but 
third grade, guys. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm nice. I'm right in the middle. That you're right in the middle. Okay. You're perfect. What was the last thing you and Brian fought about? Oh, okay. Uh, the other day we were on a walk and we're going to a wedding in New Jersey uh, next month. And we were having an argument about who was going to drive home in the dark. And at one point he even said, I cannot believe we're arguing about this. And I don't know. I'm just going to chalk it up. We were hungry. It was at the end of the day. It's a really stupid fight. Oh my gosh. That happens all the time where Brian and I will be fighting and I'll have to say like, wait a second am I really mad or is there a chance that I'm just hungry? Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, yeah. Usually just hungry. Wait, so who won? Who's driving home? Um, To be determined. Oh, I can't wait to find out. Yeah, <laughs> so excited. Uh, who was your childhood celebrity crush? James Vanderbeek from nice. the Dawson Creek era. Yeah. He's on Dancing with the Stars now. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, he's on this season. <laughs> he's aged well. I, I follow oh, him on yeah. Instagram. He has a lot of kids. Yeah. Like yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Travel alone. Mm, love that. If you could go for a run with anyone, who would it be? Definitely the sweat squad. Oh. You, Maggie, Susan, Lindsay. Who else? I need to get Lindsay and then I will have had all of us on the show. I've had yeah. Maggie. I've had Kelly. I've had Susan. I All right, know. Lindsay, I'm... if you're listening, you're next. <laughs> uh, if you could pick any runner to pace you for your next race, who would you pick? My friend Sarah Scalacci, because I feel like she would do a very good job and say very motivating things and not let me wimp out. And she'd be funny. She's also on my list. Sarah, if you're listening, also very interested in having you on the show. And I'm glad I now know how to pronounce her last name. Been saying it wrong for about 10 years now. <laughs> awesome. Scalacci. I thought it was Shalasi. Or shellac you know. Like shellac, like what you put on the wall. Anyway, I was close. What celebrity would you love to be stuck in an elevator with? So I know a lot of people have said Michelle Obama, but I <laughs> just finished reading her, her memoir, and it's gotten me really excited for Chicago, you know, running the marathon. And I would just love to be stuck with her for 15 minutes and, you know, have a little chat. It'll be more than that. It takes like at least 30 minutes to get out of an elevator. So you'll have more time than 15 minutes. Okay, good. No so, rush. Yeah, exactly. And they really they really don't rush to get you out of there. So you'll have time. <laughs> All right. We touched on some of them earlier when you were talking about your first New York, but what has been the best day of your life so far? Well, I know you're supposed to say the day that your children were born, but honestly, like I was kind of in a lot of pain. Yeah, and- that's a painful day. No, I wasn't. I was sleep deprived. So definitely my wedding day. Um, the day I had my kids was very special, but I'm not going to say it was like the most fun. Um, the day that I ran the New York City Marathon, for sure. Pretty much any day that I ran the New York City Marathon. So I've run it three times, 2008, 2010, and 2018. And those are all awesome days. Um, yeah, hopefully Chicago will be a good one, too. It will. I have a good feeling about it. What one word do you want to be remembered by? Thoughtful. Oh, give me three things you love about yourself. I think I have a pretty good attention to detail. I'm consistent, you know, whether it's with running or or work or, you know, whatever. I like to think that I have good follow through. And I'd like to think that I'm a good mom. 
You're a great mom. I was going to say, if you didn't say it as one of your things, I was going to add that you're just like a really good person. I've always felt that, that you're just like really nice and kind. And I feel like you don't dislike anyone. You're just like really nice. Oh, thank you. I need to be more like Megan Harrington. Well, I'm always looking for new friends. So if anyone (laughs) upstate hears this. She's a really good friend. She's a really good runner and she's a really nice mom. She's just a really good person. And I'm just jealous of anyone that's going to DM you and become your new friend. All right. You know, the last thing I need, I need you to give everyone listening a reason to run today. It will always make you feel better. That's perfect. I love that. Megan, go crush Chicago. You're going to have a great day. I mean, you're going to have like a a girls weekend. I think that sounds amazing. You're going to have a great run and you are just someone that I so look up to when it comes to running, working, mothering, wifing, all the various titles and hats that we wear. So keep doing what you're doing and thank you for being a positive, happy light in this world. Oh, it's so great chatting with you, Allie. I miss running with you. One of these days we'll have to, you know, get the jogging strollers together and go for a run. And I'll just eat your dust the whole time. No, no, no. <laughs> just like old times. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Alley on the Run Show. If you're loving what you're hearing right here, I would love to know. You can talk to me on Instagram and Twitter at Alley on the Run 1 and on the Alley on the Run Facebook page. And you know what I want. I would love for you to leave a rating and review for the Alley on the Run Show on Apple Podcasts. The goal... 1,000 reviews. We're at like 700 something. So we're close. We got this. Okay. One last thing. Let's give it up for our wonderful sponsor, Aftershocks, for making this episode possible and for making dance parties on the run possible with those great, comfortable, brilliant headphones. Go get yourself a pair of the all new Aeropex. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off. That's ontherun.aftershocks.com. Hey, reminder, you're okay. And you got this. And thanks for joining me on the run.